acknowledging and recognizing when you are not being you. That's how I've done it, right? So across my life, I've had to self-examine and put myself under a microscope into a, into a petri dish, and I'm like, I'm examining you, motherfucker. I'm watching every single corner, and you're not getting out of this petri dish right. until I fucking know you. Yeah. So for me, who are you not, and Ooh. how do you feel when you are not yourself? Welcome to the She Leads a New Future podcast. I'm Kate Ruby Aroha, the founder of She Leads Live, Australasia's largest women's leadership empowerment event. As a senior trainer with 17 years experience, I've led government contracts creating national change and spent a decade leading advanced leadership experiences throughout New Zealand, Australia and Southeast Asia. I'm passionate about seeing women raise a bar and step into their potential because Regardless of who you are and where your life is currently at, we're each capable of so much. I believe that we each have leadership within us. And when we step into that and towards our dreams, the lid comes off what's possible. This podcast is dedicated to bringing you conversations to inspire you to step into your next level while reminding you that you're not alone in what you're currently going through. That voice of doubt in your head, we all have it. The only difference between holding yourself back or moving yourself forward is what you give your power to. With multiple episodes every week, not only will you get the tools and strategies to grow yourself and scale your big ideas, you'll be constantly reminded of your immense power to cause change. If you haven't already connected with me on Instagram, come on over and say hi at Kate Ruby Aroha. Okay, are you ready? Let's get into this conversation. Kia ora everyone and welcome along to this conversation. We've got Kat John. Oh my God, I'm so freaking excited. Kat and I caught up, I think in DMs like a long time ago and we haven't caught up since. And she's always been someone on my radar that I thought uh, we would just hit it off like a house on fire. I feel like there's some, there's some similarities here. We got to have a chat and I feel like we could have recorded the last quarter of an hour of conversation. That would have been a bloody great podcast. But let me introduce Kat before we kick things off. Kat John, the Zero Fucks Chick, is an international coach and popular podcast host. She doesn't hold back on sharing relatable stories, speaking real and raw truths, and always holds people accountable for being the solution to their own problems. Amen. Kat, welcome. Awesome to um, connect with you and to have you here. So good to be here. Thank you, Kate. All right, tell me about Zero Fucks. Where did this come from? What does Zero Fucks mean to you? Uh, so the Zero Fucks movement, it's actually really interesting because at a surface level, it can appear like it's a real wanky movement, right? Because it's like, man, don't give a fuck, stick the bird up. I don't give a fuck about you. I don't give a fuck about you. So um, at the you know surface level, it can appear that way. Um, it can appear like people have that false bravado of, I don't give a fuck, I don't care, I don't care, when it's actually not about that at all. So the Zero Fucks movement is about giving zero or less fucks to the beliefs in our head or our ego that are so self-like diminishing or to the beliefs in our head that are diminishing about others or to the beliefs in our head that are diminishing about 
um, the world or the planet or, you know, other sentient beings and choosing other areas of our lives to put our energy, attention, focus, a.k.a. fucks, toward. And the Zero Fucks movement, so every Tuesday when people get up and they do a dance, it's a physical representation um, of of the movement, you know. So so many people will have in their head, oh, I can't, I can't dance like cat, or I can't, I don't have good moves, or I'm in a wheelchair, or I have this, or I have that. Um, I can't dance, I can't do that because those people will judge me. Um, it's a physical representation to go, hey, just notice all the fucks in your head right now, and just how much do you actually want to make them matter? How much do you do you want to make them matter? Are they holding you back from your freedom of expression? from your freedom of wanting to um, show up in the world how you want to show up, etc. And if they are, what do you want to do? What do you want to do differently about it? So that's that's the movement. Mm, amen. I love that. Mm. We are, when did you start this? Uh, like can you tell me a little bit about your um, journey? You don't have to go right back, right back. But when the light started switching on for you with, oh, I'm giving way too many fucks than mm. what is necessarily being allocated to small shit. You know what? I, I reckon across my life, like uh, across the, for, for, for a lot of my years, up until I would say 24, um, I'd have like pockets of being aware and conscious and then I'd fall back into unconscious land. Pockets and awareness of, of pockets of, of being conscious and aware and then fall back into unconscious land. And there were times that across my life where I really knew, um, my God, why do I care so much? Why do I care about making that person happy? Or why do I care so much about the way that I look? Why do I care so much about seeking approval and love from that guy or that friend when they're fucking not my jam, right? Mm. So, I would say across my life there have been moments of that, but really when it started to come about was when I was 23, 24, and it was when um, for, for from the ages of 18 to 23 I had chronic pain. Uh, well, I firstly had an acute um, onset of pain in my body and then it uh, continued to just remain in my body and it was nerve pain and I had no idea what it was and I was partying, taking drugs, doing all those, all, the, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it flared up. And so, um, I was studying nursing at the time, partying, uh, and this pain was there. And then when I started actually nursing, I would have been 21-ish at that point. Um, I stopped heavy partying worked as a nurse, got addicted to pain medication because his pain wouldn't fuck off. It was just, it was bad. So, um, so again, long story short, you know, across that time, like I started to, I started to get mentally worse. I started to be very negative in my mindset because I'd wake up in pain. I'd go to bed in pain. I'd live the day in pain. So I was all about how do I not be in pain? Take the pills, stop hanging out, stop socializing. I was, uh, you know, short tempered. I was very harsh with my tone and harsh with my words to the people, closest people around me. Mm-hmm. And again, through that time, like I knew this is not how I wanted to be, mm-hmm. but I didn't know any other way. I didn't know any other way. What, by the time I reached 23, the pain had gotten so bad that I left traditional nursing 
And then I worked for a plastic surgeon as the head nurse. And three months into that job, uh, and the reason why I went to that job was I wanted nine to five. I wanted no sh more shift work. So I thought maybe it's the shift work that's making this thing bad. But all the while, like truly all the while, I knew something's not fucking up. Something's not right, you know, but I just didn't listen to that. I gave more of a fuck about taking the pills, being a bitch, being harsh, being whatever else. Um, so three months into the job, when I was standing at the top of a set of stairs to go and get Sorry. the next patient, I couldn't walk. My my whole body, it just didn't, my brain and my feet had no connection. Um, and I went to take, I wanted to take a step, but I couldn't take a step. And my boss just said, dude, what are you doing? Like, I've got to go. And I said, doc, I actually can't fucking walk. So he took me over to the hospital and I got an MRI. Uh, everything all happened very quickly. Two days later, I'm in a neurosurgeon's office with my mum, my beautiful little Filipino mum who was just praying in the elevator. Um, and he's like, within six months, you'll be a paraplegic. You need to have brain surgery. Mm. And, you know, that was, that was a really big, that was, that was a wake up call, but it wasn't the wake up call just yet. It was 12 months after I had the brain operation and I was still in chronic pain. My neurosurgeon put me on antipsychotics to try and tell my brain whenever my body would fire off in weird ways, you're not in pain, you're not in pain, you're not in pain, you're not in pain. But that drug completely blocked off any spark, sparkle, light, anything, anything. And it, that's when the world became really scary. I was scared of myself. I was scared of what I could do. And I actually reached out to my family and I said, I need fucking help. Because mm. I'm, uh, I'm not coping and I'm in a bad way. So the biggest wake up call that I got was when my parents took me to a neuro neurologist. And the neurologist was a fantastic man, real tough love in a beautiful way. But he said, you've been dealt a shit card and there's no silver bullet. If you want to be pain free, you got to work for this. You got to work for this. Mm. And he said, I believe you can, but it's going to take a whole different approach, a holistic approach. And he gave me the analogy. He said, if an Olympic athlete wants a gold medal, they will train every day. They'll rest. They'll walk. They'll swim. They'll hurdle jump, whatever it is, the way that they eat. They will train real fucking diligently for that because that's what they want. So then, um, he said to me, I know you don't, you're not an Olympic athlete, but there's a gold medal inside of you. What do you want? And I said to him, I want to be free. I want to be, I actually want to be free to be me. I don't even know, I don't know what me means anymore. I don't know what me looks like, sounds like, feels like. And he said, well, there's your gold medal, freedom to be yourself. And then he was talking to me about visualization and imagining what my life would be like if I was free. What would it feel like? What do I sound like? What do I look like? What's it feel like in my body? And to really let that visualization take over and create a feeling. And when it would create a feeling, he said, now act in favor of, use that feeling as inspiration and act in favor of that vision. He said, that's your prescription for the next 12 months. Go and take it and see how you go. Mm. I got permission from him to, to stop taking the pills because I said, if I want to do this, I want to do this clear. So that was my first introduction. And without me knowing, my wake up call to channeling my fucks to what I really want to make matter. 
because mm. I was previously channeling my fucks into I don't want to be in pain, I don't want to be in pain, I don't want to be in pain, which in my mind I was like, well, I don't want to be in pain. But I was actually putting all my fucks into self-preservation, like putting myself in a fucking jar and preserving myself until hopefully one day I'm better. Whereas this way was about channeling my fucks into showing myself that I had the power inside of myself to make changes. And as a result, within 10 months, I'd lost 15 kilos because I was very overweight. Um, I lost 15 kilos. I was moving my body. I was out and about. I was re-socializing. And within 10 months, I was like, where the fuck is this pain? It's not there. Mm. So after that, it was after that, I thought, oh, wow, I've done something very magical inside of myself and I want to keep doing it. And mm. that's how this, um, yeah, this notion of like channeling my fucks to where I want to make it matter started to come about. Mm, amazing. I love that story. Yeah. You did a, a statement. You said, I just want to be free to be me. Mm. So I have, I, hopefully this is going to be an easy question to answer. When I came across you online, every so often you come across someone online where it's like they're actually genuinely being themselves. Yeah. Whereas I find a lot of times I come across people online, it's like there's a lot of copy-paste replicas of the next person, the next person, the next person. And I feel like what you just said, I want to be free to be me, that could be mm. like almost like the echo of a lot of people on the core level. Like if you really kind of like put a microphone to the soul and went like, what the fuck do you want? Yeah. I think it would just like like groan like I want to be free to be me but then like people put themselves in this fucking copy paste thing what's your message for them Kat because somehow (laughs) you you're like you've stood out because you are I feel your freeness in being yourself yeah and then some people talk about it but they talk Mm -hmm. about it from the box of expectation and holding Mm. themselves back what's your words (laughs) Fucking just a small little question there, Kate. Just a tiny little question. <laughs> firstly, the, 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 the answer that comes out is firstly it's about acknowledging and recognising when you are not being you. That's how I've done it, right? Mm-hmm. So across my life I've had to self-examine and put myself under a microscope <laughs> into, a, into a Petri dish and I'm like, I'm examining you, motherfucker. I'm watching every single corner and you're not getting out of this Petri dish oh, yes. until I fucking know you. Yeah. So for me, firstly, and this is what I help my clients do, firstly is who are you not and mm. how do you feel when you are not yourself? Mm. And so for, for someone like me, it was, I would people please. I would try to impress. I would put on a different act in front of that person or that person or that person. Mm. I would abandon what I knew was true for me in order to get love, acceptance, approval, belonging, etc. right? So this took some time to collect evidence Mm. and to, you know, write it up and put it in a fucking report and go, okay, here's the report of who you're not, Miss John. Mm. and I would then need to challenge myself as to why I felt the need to behave in that false way. Like what was the driver? What was the need that I never felt that I got met as a child or as an adolescent? Usually it's as a child that has made me like fucking behave in a way Mm. that is just this, it's a false persona. It's a false, um, you know, I'm I'm an actress basically. I'm Mm. acting. Mm. and 
I think the thing that got me and what I would share to others is then how does that make you feel? Mm. How does that make you feel when you are being like that? Maybe not in the moment, but like I know for me, when I would act a certain way out in public and then I would go home, I found it so hard, Kate, to look at myself in the mirror. I like, I hated myself. I felt shame. I, there was zero love, zero self love because I just, I felt like a fraud. I felt inauthentic. Mm -hmm. So I think because I was so tired of feeling that deep shame of inauthenticity. That was a big driver for me to be like, well, fuck, if I don't have to behave that way, how would, how would I just be? How, how would I just be when I went on that first date? When I went and visited friends or when separate friendships in different groups all came together and I could just be myself rather than have five different hats on that impressed another person. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a huge amount of sense. Yeah. So I know yeah, that's a real, absolutely. it's unfortunately, you know, it's not a, um, it's not an elevator, an, an elevator pitch answer because this shit takes fucking time. It takes yeah. a lot of time to. That's the truth of it. Correct. To reveal who you're not and, and where where we feel like we're not being ourselves. Like I still to this day, even though I feel incredibly authentic, there are people in my life where I'm like, oh, God, all I want to do is contract. Oh, God, all I want to do is agree. Oh, God, all I want to do is whatever. And then that's my work. I go, okay, Petri dish, here we go again. (laughs) What is it about that person? Before I take you back to the episode, I want to remind you to come on over and connect with me on my new Instagram, at Kate Ruby Aroha. While you're there, feel free to flick me a DM, say hi, and let me know what you're getting out of these episodes. I'll chat with you over there. Interestingly, that the, I feel the my final frontier with that in terms of like a person. Now, I'm not saying that I'm fucking authentic everywhere in my life. Like you know, mm. you, you, you feel shades of it where it's like creeps and you're like, oh, yeah, yes. quite fuck, gross. I feel like I yeah. need a shower with myself. Yeah, like how I behaved. <laughs> but but there was one actual person in my life. It was my mum. It was like mm. she was my she was like my final frontier as being the person that when I got around her, I got I got weird. I went yeah. into this fucking sixty percent version of Kate. So um, I years ago, the breakthrough with her was I realized we would get into these conversations together and we would start getting prickly with each other. Mm. And I just always used to kind of sort of heckle up. So I would come to that conversation by downing myself and being a role yes. that I thought she needed, that I thought she wanted me to be, but it was Amen. all over here with me. And so then Amen. I'm putting out this energy of this very reduced person do you know what my breakthrough was? I realized like, oh, my mum doesn't know how amazing I am. No, she knows that because she loves mm. me so deeply. And she's always been the one that's fucking rooted for me, for my greatness. But she hasn't got to experience my greatness because I keep showing up to her as a pathetic part mm. of myself. So then she keeps worrying about me. And so we've just been in this tennis match of an ongoing energy back and forth. So I was like, oh, I want her to get to know how I really am. am. And so I had a conversation with her and I laid it all out there and told her how fucking, like, what I'm up to. And actually just had a really, there was, I I probably won't share it here because I've shared it in so many other podcast episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I shared with her a, 
um, thing experience that I had that would have absolutely like really kind of freaked her out and it did but there was a lot of framing before that and I just said like this is what I'm up to this is the kind of stuff that I do to get my jollies this is the kind of like Mm. the woman that I am and we started an entirely new conversation together and it was actually since Mm. that moment that we just uh that the it was like a book ending between two chapters with our relationship and we're not the same any have never been the same since and it was interesting because when I got the breakthrough with her that breakthrough just rippled effect across so many areas of my life yes I can just really be myself with my mom yes and like I don't actually give you're talking about like where the fucks matter Mm-hmm. I don't actually give a fuck about Sally who doesn't know me from fucking Wisconsin. Mm. Like the people that really matter, they now I can finally be myself there genuinely. Then yeah, like the rest of you, I don't really kind of care. You can make what make what you have of it. I love the way you said shades, like there's shades of that false persona that comes back that sort of, you know, um just takes a little bit of the the, the yeah. glow away or the the really what you'd love to say away and it does it feels I think when when you know what authenticity really feels like it's mm. such a fuck you, you your radar's on for when you're like huh what am I doing mm. what, what am I doing right now why am I clamming up why am I holding back why am I being agreeable when I don't fucking need to be or want to be like what awkwardness am I not willing to experience right now you know but yeah it's really interesting like the people really don't always get it when there's someone who's genuinely just saying their, their thoughts and being themselves. So it can come with mm. all sorts of things because sometimes if we want to, like if we actually just are playing the game, we can get way more claps for it. We can get way more. Yeah. Oh, fuck it's yeah. Hell thing, yeah. Hell you know? yeah. Like if I played the game, mate, I'm sure I'd be doing way more fucking things, right? I'm sure I would have gotten like different types of opportunities. Mm. Like, for example, you know, I've just signed up with a PR agent and my biggest thing to them was I will not fucking do anything. I will not dance like a monkey just to get on that or just to do that. I said my numero uno value is authenticity Mm. coupled with personal responsibility I said Mm. I will never fuck with that Mm. and and you're so incredibly right like uh, I'm sure that if if we were the the cookie cutter um then yeah the 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 experiences may be different but I can't live like that it's an interesting thing yeah I totally agree do you know the people though that I've seen who have really become i think that initially you don't get the claps but over yeah. time you can yeah. skyrocket more that's why you st- stood out to me as well Kat is just by yeah. you being yourself if you were being the cookie cutter I think I would have just bypassed totally the event that we run which is she leads live we have celebrity guest speakers on mm. the stage and I'm choosing them not because they're celebrities I'm choosing them because they're women who have played at a really fucking big level and what then I'm hand selecting like who that woman is do you know C uh, cooked with Nicks? no okay so how do I not yes oh well, well she, no she may not if you're not from New Zealand she so there's this incredible woman cooked with Nicks, and she about four years ago she was in prison 
In the wow. last four years, she's grown her Instagram, which she never even had, her social media, to like a few million followers. Wow. And a few years after coming away from in prison, and her life prior to prison was, you know, really intense. Now, you know what has, like, just always stands out to me? But when I first of all came across Cook with Nicks online, I didn't get it initially. But after I listened to a little bit, I, I think she was talking maybe, I think, the second video, I actually got it. I was like, oh, because I got who she was actually being underneath her words. It's mm. not what she's saying. It's who she's actually being. Love you that. You cannot fucking script that shit. She, she, she cannot. Love that. Nothing about her sat down and went, how am I going to strategize getting to a few million followers? She just put a fucking microphone in front of her mouth. And she, I think all of the things like going to prison, all the things she experienced, Wow. She's like real. It's fucking real. She'd already real. lost everything. She'd already lost everything. She all yeah. lost. She had to get them back. So she just was like, "There was nothing to lose." Yeah, I think that's yeah. part of everyone's yeah. problem. There's too much to fucking lose. Yes. So we've got to like yes. hold it back and dish it out and overthink it. So, so fucking true. She's amazing. And what's interesting, like I talk about leadership, but this woman, she's doing leadership. Mm. She ain't talking about it, and she's got no yeah. fancy words for it. But the difference she's actually making in people's lives is amazing. But you've got to really feel into it to get it. Mm. Um, so we are like trying to get her on as one of our next speakers. Yeah. But then, like, different flavors of leadership, like, you know, New Zealand's um, Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, she's someone who we did have as a speaker for our event, but then with COVID happened, she got oh. canned, which is, let's go, we're going to have her. It's so going to yeah. happen. We want her there in a non-political capacity, but in the capacity of just, you know, another different flavor of a woman who's genuinely being herself and making a difference at a big level. Mm. There's so many flavors, but if Cooked with Nix was trying to be like Jacinda Ardern, she wouldn't be making the difference to the millions that yeah. she is. If Jacinda yes. Ardern was trying to be like Cooked with Nix, because that's the cool thing, she wouldn't be making a difference on a global level like she is. Fucking Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. But, and that's what I love about you, Kat, is that, you know, you are, you're being yourself so fully. And, you know, I get this, this it's always a journey, eh, to keep kind of then like totally. something else, but you're doing it and you're making a difference to all of the women and probably men that are following you as well. Mm. Anything you want to pick up on that point? It's, um, you know, I think the most important thing to add to this, or one thing that's important to add to this is, uh, I'm yes, I'm doing this, and yes, I'm living this. But, or not, but what comes still with that is so many of my insecurities, so many of my, um, mm-hmm. you know, my egoic talk that says, uh, if you fucking speak like that, you're going to turn people away. If you speak like that, you're never going to get opportunities. Yeah. If you show up like that, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. But also, too, um, I have a real deep-seated belief that says if I am really my fucking self, like if I really let myself out, I'll be taken down. Mm. That that's a big one because when mm. I was a, I was six years old, sexually abused. In my head, I was like I was myself. I was this cute, gorgeous, fun, free dancing child, and I blamed that myself and being that spark for why that happened Mm. so the story that I'm forever battling is oh if you get too fucking bright you're gonna get taken down 
someone's yeah. going to fucking, you know, rip you to shreds or this is what's going to happen. But, you know, it's like what you said, and I love what you said, um, I've lost myself before. You know, I've, I've lost myself. I've, I've, I've buried her and I have resurrected her and she's with me now. Like I'm with me now. Like we're together. Nothing can fuck with that. So it's like, well, now why not? Like, yeah. like, why the fuck not? Let's go play. Let's go play. Let's go big. Let's go party. Let's be ourselves. Let's say what we want to fucking say. Like, I'm not, I don't have what you would say, like the intelligence or the science or that education, but I speak the language of the heart. Mm-hmm. And I know that when I speak, people's hearts are like, oh God, I fucking get this bitch. I get it, you know? But yeah, but to my point, what I really wanted to add is even though you can be authentic, um, it doesn't mean you get rid of all the thoughts that come along that say you're a piece of shit or you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't be that way. Um, that's that's forever, you know. That's the battle of forever more. Oh, amazing. I reckon we could talk for ages. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually forgot for a while there that we were recording. I was just enjoying our chat. <laughs> What does take your meds mean? I see it behind you and I've seen you refuse. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. So take your meds. I, look, I'm a bit cheeky, I guess, when it comes to the, the things that I like to call my my programs. Um, so take your meds is take your med- it's meditation. Your playfulness with how you create uh, conversations and metaphors for stuff is beautiful. If we kind of twist this metaphor a little bit and we yeah. say that there are certain meds that people can take on a regular basis, which even could be like, Whatever, I'm going to throw that open wide for you. Mm. What would you encourage people to do to take their meds on a regular basis? So for me, um, in terms of, like, I think that a, okay, I'll go to here. Mm-hmm. There are four, the four pillars of well-being and health that I believe are imperative to nurture. Mm-hmm. The physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual the four pillars of, of health and well-being. And I think that if people take, you know, because because moving your body is like if you put it into this analogy, it's it's medication, right? Mm-hmm. We're medicating the body through medicating the body through movement. Um mm-hmm. if we we can medicate our you know sense of spirituality or connection to something deeper, greater, bigger, however you want to call it, through meditating. So we're medicating the soul, not through a pill. Although, you know, I, I appreciate and understand that medication has its place for people and I, I don't want to diss it. I'm, I, I just talk from my own experience. Um, that's medication for the soul or like sitting down on a park bench in nature and listening to the birds and having your journal and listening to gorgeous music and being like, fucking something's happening inside of me. And I don't know what, but I, I'm going to keep doing it, mm. you know? Um, that mindset, like medication for the mind, whether it's getting a coach or whether it's doing a course or whether it's, you know, um, doing like exercises that are based on like, what are your values? What do you, how do you define your values? What do you want? How do you want to live into them? What are you going to do to start living into them? And then sharpen the mind through things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, they are just, I guess, some versions of meds in air quotes that I certainly do. I fucking take. Uh, I move my body every day. 
Um, I connect in to my spirit because that's that's that for me. That's when I come home to myself. I'm like, oh, yep. There's the answers. The answers are all fucking there. There, there they are. And I'm now. Now it's up to me to, to action them. Mm. Um, that that's what I would say. That probably. How old am I now? I'm 36. I started this work when I was like 23, 24. I don't know how old that is because I'm terrible with maths. <laughs> 12 years, I guess. Um, over the last 12 years, I'd, I'd say I have felt the most integrated in myself for the last two and a half years. Like real, oh, there she is. There mm. she is. I know what to do for me. I know what not what to do for me. I honour myself quite tightly. Um, but over the years, that's what I have been um, formulating, like mm. a an array of medication, again, air quotes or meds, that when I know I'm out of whack, okay, we've got to do this. Okay, we've got to do that. Okay, we've got to do that. And now where I am today, it's just, it's just, it's all together. It's like one big pill, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's so great. Mm. Any um, final words on what you want to share with anyone on the, who's listening before we wrap up? Um, I think the, there was something that I was going to say about the zero fucks, and, and I, I did I did um, mention it, but I'd like to just touch on it a little bit. Mm. <clears throat> I know that it's really uh, easy to place blame or place um, the excuse on why we don't do things because of other people. Mm. For example, I can't do that dance because I'm going to look like an idiot and people will judge me. I can't mm. do this because my mum will that. I can't do that because my partner will that. I can't say this because whoever will say that. And I think the first line of defence is, well, I can't do it because of others. Mm-hmm. And I would say uh, I would call bullshit on that Stop being when, yeah 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 when really it's not about giving mm. zero fucks again the movement is really about not it's not really about other people mm. it's not giving a fuck about the own thoughts that you have created in your head about that that yeah. you're just including other people in because it's easier to blame them yeah does that make sense Oh, makes absolute sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's such a great distinction. And then there's a place to actually come home to and then a place to like genuinely source your power, your answers, everything from, which comes into what you're saying with your meds because correct the the daily meds you talked about, like when you come home, you move your body, you dial Mm -hmm. in, your your meds Mm attention, then Mm -hmm. you actually come home to yourself and fucking woe is me. There's always the answers there. 100%. 100%. Which is, and then, so then it's not about the other people anyway. No, you, no. And I know. And it's so, I get it. Like, you know, I've got stepdaughters and they trigger the absolute fuck out of me. And, you know, I'm always, my ego is like, it's them. You know, they're all the reasons why I can't be successful or this or that. It's them. And then, you know, the, the, when, when I apply the zero fucks analogy to that, mm-hmm. and then when I apply my meds, to all of that, it's like, oh, yeah. God damn it. Radio, here comes the inner work again. So um, it's, I, I appreciate, I just want to share with everyone, I appreciate it takes effort. I appreciate that at times it's inconvenient. 
I appreciate at times you want to give the fuck up and you know what, sometimes take a fucking off day, take it off week, take a whatever, like that's fucking cool. You have to be doing the work every single minute because if you're not, it means you're failing, not fucking true. Yeah. Um, I get it takes, I get it takes a lot of time and effort and energy, but fuck, it's just, it's so good to know what to do when you're out of whack, when yeah. You know what you need to do uh, to help yourself out. And I yeah. think that's what makes actually one of the biggest gifts we can give ourselves. Absolutely. Because what's the alternative? Like, I mean, no. y- yes, there's, there's doing the work and everything that comes with that because it is not an easy, it's not no. an easy ride. It's fucking brings you to the depth of yourself, toe oh. to toe with your own, you know, like it, it's, 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 it's painful. Like, there's no point in sugarcoating it. But the alternative? No, yep. no thanks. No, it's such a gross feeling, the alternative. And then, because it's so gross, you've got to just numb yourself out and then distract exactly. yourself with gossip and exactly. complaints and, and constant focusing on upsets because, well, that kind of distracts you from how gross it is that you're tolerating bullshit. Absolutely. And to, to, to sort of like point in on that, I always say to my community, I would rather do the hard things than mm. live a hard life. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that if we aren't prepared to do those hard things, the hard chat, the hard work, the looking inward, life is hard. Like life is hard anyway, right? But when we do the harder work or the work, um, it softens up a little bit. It, it yeah. eases up a little bit. And that's, that's a big philosophy that I live by. Oh, amen. I just want to go drum ah, roll for that fucking bomb. <clears throat> yeah, I've loved chatting with you. Thank you Thank so you. much for your conversation. I feel like this was just awesome and people are going to get a crap ton out of it. My where pleasure. Can, where can people find you, Kat? Uh, come and find me on Insta. So yep. it's cat.john, K-A-T dot J-O-H-N. I need to find the person who's got cat John. <laughs> Take him down. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a dot in the middle. Um, or you can check out my work on um, catjohn.com.au. And just like you, I've got a podcast as well called Real Raw Relatable. Um, and, you know, you if you follow that, then you'll really get an insight into how I think, how I process, uh, what I share about. So, yes. Awesome. So that podcast is real raw relatable relatable. amazing well thank you so much for your time guys go check out kat's work she's freaking awesome and uh yeah thank you for your time pleasure treasure